Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. So as I come into this moment, bringing my awareness to the life that is everywhere, that source of creation that is outpouring itself into everything, from the unformed into what is here, everywhere. It is love. It is a generous giving spirit, providing, nurturing, all unlimited in its possibilities of its form. And I know that because it is all there is, that I am made of it. All of the good, all of the love, all of the givingness is within me flowing through me as it is having its life on the planet through my life. And because there is only this one, this one presence, this one life, I know that this is the truth for all. For all are one in it and of it. And so I know that because this truth is aligned within me. I know that every face I see is the face of God looking back at me. Every mountain, every raindrop, every bird and tree is God. It is the life in form. And because of this, because it is love, It is good, it is giving, that all that surround me, everything I am in relationship to in this world, is a loving presence, and it is good. And there is nothing missing, for God can never have a missing place. And with this, I give great thanks for the peace that is within me, knowing that all is well, all is good. And so I release any doubt, any obstacle within my thoughts that would tell me otherwise. For the truth remains. The life is here now. It is good and I am so grateful. And I simply claim this as I know it is already done. And together we say, and so it is. So we're celebrating Advent this month, this whole month. Um, and some of you may say, what's a New Thought Church doing celebrating an old Christian uh, practice? But I happen to like this one, uh, but I interpret it as 
preparing our consciousness for the birth of something new within our lives, preparing our consciousness for the rebirth of, of light, of life, whatever it is that we want to call it in our lives. And so Advent has four different weeks to it, and last week we talked about the start of the journey, uh, and, and Advent literally means a coming to, uh, and the start of the journey was with hope. And we need to have hope in order to start our journey, Yes. I mean, we tend not to start anything unless there's a little bit of hope, at least a little teeny tiny ray of hope that something might happen. And so this week, we're going to move into love. Some of us will go kicking and screaming or kind of, you know, okay. And as the candlelight of the Advent wreath grows, we move from hope to love. And the light begins to dissipate the darkness. Our places of unlovingness begin to melt away in the light of infinite love. And that's what we're called to do. As we open to love, love begins to grow within our consciousness. You know, when we have something that we are going for, we learn to love it. Yes? We learn to love it. We start with hope, but then we move into love for it. Meister Eckhart, who was a 13th century Christian mystic, said, one who has found this way of love seeks no other. One who turns on this pivot is like a prisoner in that their foot and hand and eyes and mouth and heart and all human faculties belong to God. Therefore, there is no better way to overcome our human resistance than by love. Happy is the one who is thus imprisoned. The more you are a prisoner, the more you are freed. Isn't that great? So I invite us this week to practice love in this preparation for letting something new grow. So our talk today is called Recognizing Wholeness, Seeing the Good in All. And we're, This whole month we're looking at the idea of living as wholeness. Living as wholeness. So it's recognizing wholeness, seeing the good in all. And when we use the term good with a capital G, it's beyond the, uh, the, the duality of good-bad that we have on the human level. It's beyond that perspective. It's, it's that uh, what, what uh, Rumi refers to in his poem, it says, out beyond ideas of right-doing and wrong-doing, there's a field, I'll meet you there. It's that field. That's what we're talking about, moving out to that. So last week I said that wholeness includes light and dark. It includes both. This is a time of year when because the lights are so bright and the idealized life is so in our faces, have you noticed? You know? That every place of darkness, emptiness, and disappointment in our lives is illuminated, is called up and out, and it can feel overwhelming. Yes? Yes. Our relationships, our finances, our health, our family dynamics, our careers, our creative expression, our past, our overall beliefs and attitudes about life are all called up. And they're called out by the brightness of and the focus of light at this time of year. Breathe. And this focus on light is because of the darkness, which is also so very present at this time. Have you noticed? You know, if you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, like, like my friend over here does, you'll notice that it's not light anymore and hasn't been for a long time. So this is also 
This darkness is also very present at this time. And so every area of our life which we hold is not perfect by whatever standards those are, as not up to what we would like it to be or think it should be, glares and yells at us all of our you shoulds, many of which are old and even ancient, perhaps handed down through generations, perhaps picked up along our journey, rear their ugly heads. Yes? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like the obnoxious aunt who asks over Christmas dinner, aren't you married yet? Or the uncle or the older brother who says, when are you going to grow up and get a real job? You know, that kind of stuff. So the solstice celebration, we have those live within us, yes? The part of us that says you should be doing something other than what you're doing. You should be who other than who you are right now comes up. So the solstice celebrations, which far predate the Christian celebrations, celebrate the light in the darkness. They remind us that the light will return more fully. And yet meanwhile, in case you haven't noticed, on December 22nd, it's not automatically spring. We've all been around long enough to notice that, right? Okay. So we have to continue to walk through the darkness of winter. And we can do that with an attitude of struggle and despair and oh me and hopelessness. Or we can walk with eyes wide open, paying attention to the wholeness inherent in the entire journey. I have a quote from a, a wonderful spiritual teacher who uh, Time Magazine just voted as a person of the year. And her name is Taylor Swift. And she says, life isn't how to survive the storm, it's about how to dance in the rain. We can relate to that here, yes? Okay, it's about how to dance in the rain. I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I moved to Los Angeles in my late 20s, and I soon realized in Los Angeles, they let, whether it was raining or not, determine what they were going to do. I remember that in Portland, we let, we let, whether it was raining or not, determine what we were going to wear as we were going to do what we were going to do anyways, because otherwise we'd be waiting forever. I remember one time I used to have a motorcycle, and I read a motorcycling magazine that said, if it starts raining, pull under an overpass and wait for the rain shower to pass. <laughs> and I said, somebody from California, Southern California, wrote this, because up here I'd be waiting for six months and be found dead. <laughs> So life isn't how to survive the storm, it's how to dance in the rain. This past week, Father Richard Rohr has been writing about living in awe and amazement in every facet of our lives. He talks about how many people create a protective shell of sameness to cover over and protect ourselves from the hurts and disappointments of life, which includes the ghosts of Christmas's past and, and the fears of the ghosts of Christmas's future. So part of our embracing wholeness is embracing the darkness, the sadness, the hurts, and disappointments. And it's not wallowing in them, but it's also not glossing them over and pretending they're not there. It's just being present to that wholeness. It's just recognizing and being willing to acknowledge and be with them, perhaps with compassionate curiosity, perhaps with love, perhaps with awe and amazement and looking at the underlying beliefs that create our suffering and our feeling bad. See, if I have a belief that I'm not whole, perfect, and complete as I am, I'm going to start creating junk ideas in my mind, yes? I should be in a relationship. I should have more money. 
I should not have diabetes so I can enjoy all the sweets of Christmas time, etc., etc. You know, we have all these things. Should have a big family that gets together for a wonderful holiday, like they talked about in the songs and the and the happy, happy Hallmark movies. Most of us don't have that experience. Yes. So breathe. That same person of the year also said there are two ways to get through pain. You can let it destroy you, or you can use it as fuel to drive you to dream bigger. These feelings help us realize that our wholeness, our magnificent potential, isn't fully realized yet. Remember that yet part. When we look at the world, we still see people who are hungry and homeless. We still see wars. We still see about poverty, greed, all that stuff. To quote David Burns, same as it ever was, same as it ever was, same as it ever was, same as it ever was. That has been going on for millennia, right? The wars, the poverty, the lack, yes? But the very fact that we can recognize this and recognize that there could and perhaps should be a better way is the call within us to that better way. The fact that we can see that there should be something else going on or could be something else going on is the call to the light. That we feel sad and angry means that we are the kind of people who will work towards something better. And the fact that we can see the places of darkness out in the world and also within ourselves shows that we care that we can see the light, that greater idea of wholeness, even in the darkness. Yes? Many of us have had the experience of bringing home the perfect Christmas, the perfect Christmas tree from a Christmas lot. Only to find, as we get it home and look at it and and are with it and decorate it, we look more closely and we see, well, there's holes here, and this branch isn't quite perfectly the right size over here. I, I think... There's a subconscious reason that people buy those fake Christmas trees that you just pop up. Yes, they're easier and all that stuff, but you don't have the disappointment. They're perfect. But they don't smell good, yes. We try to hide the holes with strategically placed ornaments because we're not supposed to have holes or lack of symmetry in our Christmas trees or in our lives our trees of life. This echoes our lives. We choose the perfect partner. We get them home and we find out they have holes and lack of symmetry. We choose the perfect career only to find out that it has holes and lack of symmetry. We do this throughout our lives. Perhaps even when we took birth, we chose this life only to find out, this wasn't as perfect as I thought it would be. How about if instead of covering our imperfections, our holes, we instead viewed our own and each other's with curiosity and amazement? Perhaps if we did that, our outlook on life would improve and our need for wars and for poverty, greed, separations and such, both externally out in the world and internally here. Because how many of you have experienced having a war going on within yourself at times? Okay. They would diminish. 
The poet Mary Oliver said, when it's over, I want to say all my life, I was a bride married to amazement. I was the bridegroom taking the world into my arms. The reality is most of us live somewhere between Elf and Ebenezer. I told you you like this talk. Somewhere between Santa and Bah Humbug. What if the holes we try to cover over or dress up and feel shame and guilt about are actually, as the saying goes, the places where the light gets in? What if the holes are where we can see the underlying wholeness, the places where we see the light of possibility, the infinite potential? What if those holes were that place where we could see the genuineness of what is. You know, when the trees, when the leaves fall, sometimes trees fall too, but when the leaves fall, we had one yesterday down the road here, we came in for the retreat and we couldn't get uh, northbound on, on uh, Libby Road because it was closed down due to a tree falling. What if that was the place where we could see the underlying structure as we do with the trees when the leaves fall off? As many celebrate Hanukkah at this time, consider the words of Rabbi Irving Greenberg, who says the proper response, as Hanukkah teaches, is not to curse the darkness, but to light a candle. Humans dreamed of flight long before we knew how to fly effectively. And even though all the principles that it took were always available. Just because we don't know how to live that life of light, doesn't mean it doesn't or can't exist. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us because we're not already living it. See, before we could fly as a human species, there had to be a certain set of combined circumstances come together to happen to support that whole process. But without the dream of flying, we would have never tried. And it wouldn't have happened. So just because we're not already living the life of love, peace, beauty, joy, and deep fulfillment, which is the true vision behind the idealized Christmas myth, doesn't mean it can't or won't exist. We're called to keep the hope, as last week's Advent candle reminds us, alive, to see and recognize and love the vision of greater wholeness while also living in the world and our lives as it is, <clears throat> being present, and loving the world and our lives as they are. Without descending into the bah humbug of shut down, closed off despair, or pretending or foolishly believing everything is fantastic with elf mentality, we're called to live between that. When we let go of idealized perfection, we see and recognize a more real wholeness the true light that is quietly yet really present. And we can then present to and with and as this light, we can be present to it. We can be present with. We can be present as this light that is already within us. We opened with a song that invited us to say the God in each of us, including the God within ourselves, the light within each of us, including the light within ourselves. We can accept our tree of life 
as it is. Recognizing the holes as part of the whole. You know, music is both sound and silence. Notes and space between the notes. Our lives are both the light and the darkness. The joy and the sadness. The awe and amazement. And the boring mundane. And the painful disappointment. All of that is our lives. Our call, then, is to recognize the wholeness. To recognize and be peaceful with, be at peace with the fact that this is what life is. It's to be present to it all, neither wallowing nor hiding, neither elf nor Ebenezer, but present and aware in awe and amazement of it all. Think about the fact that you're alive. Think about 14 billion years of universal development that went into you and I being able to be here today. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes? Yes. Yes. Think of all the generations of human beings that showed up to be you and me. So this week, your spiritual practice is to pay attention to your life. To notice where do you encounter what you might label as holes, And can you see them as part of your overall wholeness? Where do you encounter your shining brilliance? And can you let that light shine in the darkness? Would you play with that practice this week? I want to close with a quote. You know, Time Magazine... For all of its years of existence, every time it's picked a person of the year, it's either been a politician, a business leader, or a military leader. And this year, for the first time, they picked somebody out of the arts. Yay. It's usually, by the way, been a guy. Not always, but usually. And the reason I have these Taylor Swift quotes is a minister friend of mine has a a, kind of a weekly thing that he does that that sends out... um, sort of inspirations. And so he, he mentioned this in that, and so there's several Taylor, quote, Taylor Swift quotes in here. So in case you're wondering why suddenly I'm quoting Taylor Swift, you can thank a guy named Scott Aubrey. Reverend Scott Aubrey. So I'm going to close with a quote from Taylor, and she says, Every day I remind myself of the good in the world, the love I've witnessed, and the faith I have in humanity. We have to live bravely, in order to feel truly alive. Wouldn't that be a great practice to wake up every morning and remind yourself of the good in the world, the love you've witnessed, and the faith you have in humanity? Yes, all this other junk is happening at the same time, but this is where we're putting our focus. What we put our attention on is what increases in our lives. So this is where we put our attention. And there is good happening in the world. And there is love happening in the world. And there is a reason to have faith in humanity. We have uh, an affirmation, if you'll say this with me. I recognize wholeness within myself and all of life. One more time. I recognize wholeness within myself and all of life. So it is.